Good Friday morning, Mike uh, Broomhead. I just love to hear you say it. I love to say it. <laughs> Have a good weekend, Jamie. You too. Uh, good morning, everyone. A lot happening on the show. Juan Siscomani joins me. I had uh, Mr. Siscomani, Congressman Siscomani, on as a candidate. I don't know that he's been on since being elected to office, but a lot has changed. He's making a lot of noise in Washington, D.C., leading a delegation here in Arizona, including the Speaker of the House, McCarthy, into Arizona to look at the border. He also was asked to give the rebuttal to the State of the Union address in Spanish to the Spanish-speaking audience. And so we're going to talk with Mr. Uh, Representative Siskamani at 1035 this morning. Another good reason to download, download that KTR News app. If you're not listening at that time, it'll notify you. You can hear what the congressman has to say. We're going to start this morning with the President of the United States yesterday talking about shooting down those UFOs, for lack of a better term, because they don't know what they are. So they still are uh, unidentified flying objects. And uh, he said uh, what these this is the best description the president could give of what this is. They're reporting to me daily and will continue their urgent efforts to do so. And I will communicate that to the Congress. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were. But nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. So if we play with the political roles that are set out there, the, the stereotypes, the right should be happy and the left should be outraged because this is – we're using American war aircraft and bombs to shoot balloons out of the sky and the White House says they don't know what they are. The concern I have here is what are they? Um, if this – this was a private entity. Why are you shooting them out of the sky if they didn't pose a danger? And you're saying they were a danger to um, air travel or air traffic. That's why you have air traffic controllers. You know, their their job is to keep air traffic away from each other. If there's something in the air, they're supposed to um, be able to let people know to avoid the area, whether it's a storm or anything that might be a hindrance. So I don't understand. Again, I don't want to just be critical to be critical. I just don't get this. I don't know. So again, he goes on to say, we don't have any idea. We don't know what they are. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were. But nothing nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other any other country. So the question remains, why shoot them down? Why use military aircraft to shoot them down? So he goes on to now have to explain we're not looking for a Cold War. As I've said since the beginning of my administration, we seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War. But I make no apologize. I make no apologies and we will compete. So that to me is a bit of a concern because I again Putting yourself in someone else's shoes, just what the rest of the world would say. If this were the Chinese, if this, if the exact same scenario had happened, if the Chinese tracked an American balloon that was surveillance oriented, and believe me, we've got, we, we must have some. We are surveilling our political and our economic and our military enemies in different ways. But if the exact same scenario happened and once it got into an area that was deemed safe, the Chinese um, shot it down, we would be very concerned. 
And if then after that, they shot three more things down and did a press conference saying, we don't know what those things were, but we shot them down anyway, we would see that as an act of aggression. Think about the North Koreans and Kim Jong-un. When Kim Jong-un starts lobbing missiles into the sea and it starts concerning the South Koreans, it concerns us. They are our ally. There's an America, huge American military base in Korea. And we look at this and we, we look at them as prop, uh, as being uh, um, provocative or provoking us. And so when this happens, as Americans trying to see how the rest of the world views it, we're using military aircraft. One of the stories is from a private hobby group that has these hobby balloons that one of their balloons is missing, and they're fearing that it was shot down. So I want to know, again, Ted Cruz went after this with the amount of money saying, you know, we're spending, we're, you know, those missiles cost over $400,000. We're spending a half a million dollars to shoot down a $12 balloon. I don't know that that's true. True, and neither do you. But I, I think there are questions. I think there are valid questions. And those questions are why? What what was the urgency? Because you got criticized for allowing what you knew was a spy balloon that you had been tracking since its takeoff in China. When it took off, you surveilled it. You watched its entire flight path. You watched it go over Canada. So did NORAD. Then it went over the United States. Then you finally shot it down. What was the purpose of that? Were we waiting to see what was in the balloon or what or what intelligence are we getting? I don't know the answer to any of these questions, but when you go to the press and say, I don't make any apologies for shooting these down, but we don't know what they are. That concerns me. And I can tell you this for the people out there that are saying you're only concerned because it's a Democrat. I would say respectfully to you, uh, I don't believe that's true. I would be questioning it. But um, if it was Donald Trump, after all the talk of him not having his hands on the nuke button and getting us into World War Three, which, by the way, is every criticism of, of every Republican president that I can think of when uh, George W. Bush was in office and uh, there was criticism of him being too stupid to have his uh, they always portrayed George W. Bush as either Hitler or Alfred E. Newman from the cover of Mad Magazine so he was either the most diabolical president or the most um, the dumbest president we've ever had and that was how he was portrayed by people but people kept saying you know he's going to get us into World War 3 so I, I pulled a bunch of these quotes and I read them on the air cowboy World War Three shouldn't be near the nuclear codes. Going to get us into, going to get us destroyed. And I read all these quotes. And when I got done, I said, "This is about a Republican president, but it's not about George W. Bush. This is what was said about Ronald Reagan during the Cold War. So it's an old mantra that. And I don't believe that that Biden's going to get us into World War Three. I just don't know that this was a the best use of military aircraft, and b if we don't know what they are, there is something in the military. In combat, and again, I'm not a veteran, I'm not a combat veteran especially, but I want you to understand that there are rules of engagement, and that is set by the people in charge, the president, you know, the, the, the joint chiefs, the people that are in charge of the combat set the rules of engagement. And if you remember during the Iraq war when uh, President Obama was president, the rules of engagement, they change all the time, but had been changed, and they wanted guarantees. They wanted guarantees that before Americans were shooting at anyone, that there was a, a, um, 
they knew that there weren't going to be civilian casualties or they were relatively sure that there would be no civilian casualties. And it put Americans in harm's way. But it it was the length we went to as a country to show the world that we were looking for the bad guys and we weren't going to kill a bunch of good guys in the process. There's always collateral damage. And that's I know that's a heartless term to use. But we know that in situations like that, unfortunately, civilians die. And but we we went to great lengths to to really endanger our troops. You can't shoot at anybody until you're shot at first. You can't shoot back unless you're sure there's no civilians there. They changed the rules of engagement, one for perception and two for protection. But what happens here? Why is there no rule of engagement here in the sense that we aren't asking questions like, was this necessary? I mean, after the first one, you didn't shoot it down in time. Most people agree with that, that that could have been there had to be a safe place to shoot that down over the United States. But you waited for days. And so is this the kind of pushback? Is this now you feel like you didn't act fast enough? And so the American people want something. I don't know the answer, but it, it, it does worry me when the president of the United States makes his first comments on the issue and he admits we have no idea what this stuff is. I don't make any apologies for doing it. Doesn't appear to be Chinese. Doesn't appear appear to be surveillance. Matter of fact, experts think it might be private industry. But I don't apologize for shooting them down. I think that's something that should concern all of us. And uh, I'm anxious to see how, what the fall, what happens politically. And when, I know we always say that, but uh, but what happens? What, what do the American people say? The people that hate us are always going to hate us. It's going to be propagandized. We under. I'm not talking about the Chinese and what they're saying, or especially like the Iranians or the Russians. They are. They hate us. They're always going to. What do our allies think? What do other kind of neutral countries think? Are they going to be critical of the U.S. and are they justifiably critical if you're shooting something down and you're not aware of what it is? What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to shift gears because an Arizona appeals court has rejected the challenge of Kerry Lake and um, and the election, the 2022 midterm election. So what we're going to do is we're going to revisit that decision and why and let you know what the next steps are that are coming. So that's coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And the Indians Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, and The Offspring, and so much more. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. You can head over to the contest page at KTAR.com for complete details and your chance to win. So, uh... Arizona Appeals Court rejects Kerry Lake's challenge to the election loss to Governor Governor Katie Hobbs. Um, Lake's arguments highlighted Election Day difficulties, but her request for relief fails because the evidence presented to the Superior Court ultimately supports the court's conclusion that voters were able to cast their ballots, that votes were counted correctly, and that no other basis justifies setting aside the election results. That's the opinion that was written by Chief Judge Kent uh, Katani. Um, and, and some of the other judges that joined in on the opinion. Uh, Lake has pledged to appeal this ruling to the Arizona Supreme Court while Hobbs representatives dismiss Lake's ongoing effort to change the election results. Um, so this is a this is a difficult place for all of us to be in because I think both sides of the political aisle have questioned elections to some extent or another. And both sides of the aisle want us to feel as if all of our elections are fair. At what point this late in the game 
do you say it's over? At what point is it more of a distraction? And those are the valid questions. There are pieces of legislation being put forth right now. Uh, I think one of them actually passed. And a couple of things that some people want to do, some elected officials want to do, is they want to get rid of early voting. So it's in-person only. And they want to get rid of the tabulation machines and have hand counts. There's a couple of issues with that. We all want results faster. And I think there are some things, there are always things that can be changed to make things better. But if you're going to do that, how long is it going to take to get this done the right way. And and let me explain. And, I, and, I, and I'm also going to explain in a moment why it won't solve the problem of people that question elections, questioning the elections. Um, but I'll let you, Dennis Welch, AZ Family, talking about what this bill would get rid of. The most controversial proposals being put forward here at the legislature would do away with early voting entirely and also get rid of those electronic tabulation machines altogether. And one of the people putting forth this uh, this bill, um, well, first of all, who is it? Who are these people? Now, it was a pair of Republican election deniers who led the charge on many of these bills up for debate. Now, this includes Liz Harris, who had promised not to vote on any legislation this year until there was a do-over of the 2022 election. And there's Alexander Culloden, an attorney who has challenged past election results. Now, the proposals come despite any credible evidence of widespread vote uh, election fraud. And yet there are some Republicans who insist on pushing legislation based on baseless claims. So asking Representative Colladin what this would solve. So what we're trying to solve is just as I discussed from the dais, that what we're trying to do is trying to figure out a way to get from the current law uh, into a re-implementation of the system of voting that this state had prior to 1991. All right. So let's I'm going to briefly go over what I think of the issues with this. Um, What they want to do is get rid of early voting and have in-person voting only. Now, early voting is immensely popular and largely with Republicans. Before the 2020 and 2022 elections, it was the majority of Republicans that voted by mail. So this is not a, a, you know, this has been a shift and it's been a shift because of the election denial. So if people are convinced that somehow things are compromised, there are ways to make that system better. But I don't think that early voting is going anywhere, but that's one of the things they want. Could they win a battle and lose the war? I guess they could. There's no way their law is getting passed, but let's say for a moment it does, and early voting goes away. You win the battle. You lose the war because a voting base goes against you. But here's where I don't think it'll solve the problem. The hand count. They want to get rid of tabulation machines, and they want to go to a hand count. I want everyone to remember what it was like when they audited the Maricopa County election. How long did that take? How long did it take for people to recount those votes? That's an issue. Because now what you're going to have to do, and here's the problem where you are never going to solve the issue. You have to have representatives from the two major parties counting votes. Republican and Democrat. In the case of the Senate race that will be coming up, are you going to have to have a declared independent in the room so that all three people agree in that race that the vote is correct? Because you're going to have a Republican nominee, a Democrat nominee, and an independent nominee. Are you then going to have to have a representative from all of those parties or those three parties or well, the two parties and no affiliation? But here's where the rub happens. So let's let's get into this and tell you where how this works. 
the people that believe that the election was stolen I know that I've had respect for them. I have never been disrespectful about your belief. Never, ever, ever. And the majority of people that believe that even though things were done by the, you know, the, the elections were suspicious, still believe that we have to move on at some point. But the people that are hardliners and believe that we have to go to a hand count and we have to have Republicans and Democrats reading the ballots. Here's where this falls apart, because I guarantee you the thousands of people they're going to have to get to volunteer to do this. How do you vet them? I'm asking for all of you out there that are Republicans like I am, but hate the fact that I've held the position that I have. I want you to tell me the truth. Are you going to trust the thousands of people that walk into that room that say they're Republicans that are going to want to look at the votes against the Democrats and and verify? Or do you believe that every one of those people is a Republican or are they truly a rhino, Republican in name only? They switched parties or they did whatever. What's the vetting process that you trust that that's a real Republican that's going to look at the votes from a Republican point of view? And you know that the answer is going to be there's no way. So if this happened again, let's say the exact same results happened, but they happened with a hand count, just like the audit found that the machines counted the ballots properly. The questions about the audit have to do with envelopes and early ballots and signatures, not about the count. But let's say the results come out exactly the same. And in the 2022 midterm election, the results ended exactly like they're ending now. You know as well as I do, the argument will be that the people that said they were Republicans that volunteered to count votes, many of them were really closet Democrats that were hiding there to overthrow this and to sabotage the count. In other words, there are some people that this will never end with. It's always going to be a conspiracy. It is always going to be people cheating and stealing. So if you're trying to solve a problem, this won't solve your problem either. It's not going to solve the problem. That's my fear. Coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me. It's our big Q poll question of the day. So please stick around for that. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, happy Friday, Gatos. Is it a fantastic Friday or what? It is. It always is. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Now, is this the question or just a question? A question. Okay. You're a uh, Cardinals season ticket holder. Yes, I am. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, do you call a press conference on Thursday to introduce a head coach that nobody has ever heard of? On the same day that the Suns invite 5,000 fans down to the arena and have the biggest rally in Suns history for a new player, Kevin Durant. Do you do that if you're the Cardinals? I wonder if they knew that was happening. Oh, they did. Kevin Durant was going to talk at 2 o'clock all week. And I just don't get it. I, you know what? I think they did that on purpose. I think they said, we've got a guy that nobody knows. And again, he could end up being really good. I don't know. But they're like, let's go under the radar on this. You know how like, you know, uh, even yesterday, Biden, right? Biden had that ridiculous press conference. He doesn't know what he shot down. And they went under the radar. Yeah. I think sometimes you get like, you know, you're in such a situation where it's such a crap storm for you. You're like, you know what? Let's do a press conference when no one is going to listen. 
Yeah, yeah, and and I, you know, there are times. Yeah, there are times when that happens. I know you're right. You know, usually when it's bad news, it comes out at Friday at nine o'clock at night. You know, right? Yeah. So I wonder. Right. You may be right. You might yeah. just be right. If you're the Cardinals, do you really want to take center stage hiring a guy that wasn't on their top ten list and? If you're Joe Biden, do you really want to have a primetime, you know, speech about, well, we watched the balloon launch from China and allowed it here? My goodness, you know? So I'm just thinking those two are kind of similar. Let's go under the radar this time because we're so bad. Yeah, I mean, you might. I, I, I'm genius. I hope hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. But I can't argue right now. You might be right. Uh, here's my cue there, uh, Let's hear Mike. It. I was Let's talking hear it. To, uh, the Suns, uh, Kevin Durant, officially introduced Thursday at a rally press conference. Will the Suns win the NBA title this year with KD? It's win uh, the title or bust. You can go into game seven in the finals and lose to the Celtics in overtime, and the season is still a bust. They have to win the whole thing. End of story, period, exclamation point. No other way. Mm-hmm. That's it. Got to win. You got to win the whole thing. That's all you can do. Uh, that's a good. That's the only season you can have that's successful. Now, I would say. I, I would say in the next two years, they've got to win one either this year or next year. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. hopefully, it'll be this year. I agree with you. And Maybe I hope it's both. I'm greedy. Oh, uh, let's just start with one, Mister Greedy Pants. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Listen, man, have a good weekend. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Thanks. That's Gatos. And the Big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Uh, Just after 9 o'clock, the governor vetoes the skinny budget. What does she want in a budget and what will we all get in a budget? That we're going to talk about in a few moments.